Are you tired of people only telling you what you want to hear and not what you need to hear? Me too. I'm Lauren Lahav, and for the last 30 years, I've been blessed to speak to thousands of people around the world and share the stage with some of the world's biggest thought leaders, including Barbara Walters, Tony Robbins, Barbara Corcoran, and Gary Vee. The Get Real podcast is my way of breaking down the BS of the filters of what we say and what we do. Real life, real issues, real solutions. Trust me when I tell you, it wasn't always like that for me. And I'm excited to help you through sharing what has worked for me, but most importantly, what didn't work for me. In the world of political correctness and living our lives on social media, what is real? In my life, I always look to people who understand what I'm going through and are willing to be real with me to help me move through it. With this podcast, I want to be that person for you. Whether it's just us or I bring in one of my friends, I promise these episodes will make a difference in your life. So strap in, hang on tight, and let's get real. And now it's time to get into the podcast. Here's Lauren. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Get Real and Stay True, this podcast right here. I'm sure you have probably never heard a podcast like this before with this, this amazing woman that, gosh, I'm trying to think how long we've known each other. All I remember is us standing near the elevator in Toronto, and I'm like, Diana, take a picture of me. And I was wearing this blue and white shirt. Do you even remember? Yes, Do you remember yes, that? It was yes. so crazy. Anyway, um, my dear friend, Diana Trepkoff, is she is a forensic artist. And uh, I just want to thank you, first of all, for being such an incredible friend. Even though we don't see each other very much, I appreciate you championing all of my posts and liking them. It makes me very happy, but I also am happy to know you just shared with me before the podcast that, that like you said, you can count on me to hopefully share something inspiring. Yes. And I am just in awe of what you do, and uh, mostly because of you know just how you've helped so many people either get closure with things or even help find people. So anyway, let's get right into it because that's what this is all about. It's about getting real. So tell us a little bit about what you do, how you got into this. I'd love to know that too. Yeah. Well, I'm a forensic artist and a victim's advocate. I always had empathy. I always really cared about people. I was bullied when I was young. I'm a cancer survivor and I'm also an aneurysm survivor, a really rare one. So a lot of miracles happened with health. So I know I'm here for a purpose and that's to help the victims and help the families. So they're not alone going through this, looking for their missing loved one. With forensic art. Yeah. I I studied about 15 years ago, went to the States and studied and I finished 229 law enforcement cold cases. Basically I stand by the families and I help them so they don't feel like they're so alone because they feel stranded. They feel lost and How do they go to sleep at night when their daughter or son never came home? So they end up, a lot of them get divorced, lose their house, lose their job, and my heart goes out to them. So a lot of times, most of the cases I've done from my heart for free because they're suffering so much, I just want to help them. I want to help them. So I will do age progressions. We'll get it out on whether it's CNN or news or just keep on making the cases current so eventually they could be found. The families, they don't really say much about the closure part. It's just 
it's mental torture, so it's the healing. The healing can begin, but a lot of them aren't found. There's so many missing people in Canada, US, around the world. What made you go, this is what I want to do? Oh, I've been what an artist. Your background? You were an yeah. artist, right? When I was 12 years old, I was drawing Flintstones. Flintstones, I love the cartoon. So always drawing, and I love to help people. So it made sense to put my art and caring about people together. And then I worked at York Regional Police um, for a bit. I left and I just started doing cases like around the world. So it's, it's basically um, my passion, right? Which you always talk about passion. And like I said, because it can be dark, I, I need that lift me up always. So I know when I wake up, I can go on Lauren's site on Facebook and get inspired by those positive things you put. And about, you know, don't be afraid, just go for it. Don't second guess yourself, believe in yourself, because a lot of times, because it's so dark, it's easy. You would want to walk away, but I like your drive, your perseverance, your personality, and it helped me a lot. I know it helps a lot of people. Well, I appreciate that. And I think that, that everybody needs to be reminded that we don't realize like what one post that we could put, you know, how it can make a huge difference in people's lives, right? Like it's like we kind of look at it like that the, the TV is now the radio and the new TV is social media. And what does your channel really say about you? And I was like, what do, what do people really want to hear from me? And how can I give them hope? You know, this morning I was taking a class and this young girl, let's call it Orange Theory. And there was a young girl that was teaching the class and, and I could tell she was kind of like bummed because the lady that was coat, that was her, you know, the, the teacher who's done this forever, she led half of the class. And then I, I saw her just kind of go into the dumps and the other lady took over, right? And yeah. so afterwards I went over to the girl, I go, you were awesome. And so, and she's like, oh yeah. And I go, I go, let me ask you a question. I go, how long have you been doing Orange Theory? And she's like, I don't know, eight months. And I look over there, they're like, oh, how long have you been doing Orange Theory? And the lady's like, since 2006. I'm like, so you're comparing your brand new to something that she can probably do in her sleep, right? Like she's been doing it for 14 years, you know, whether it be with, you know, what you do for your work or just daily life, it can be easy to go dark, right? Not feeling enough, not, you know, comparing yourself to someone else when it's not even the same situation, right? So tell us, uh, it's, it's a hard topic to talk about, but share with me you know like what the message is you really want to get out to people you know that you think um, people need to hear a little bit more of i think a lot of pe people feel this you know like i don't know what to do i don't know how to support or you know just like or whatever that the situation is that you feel that the world needs to hear more of right now um really believe in yourself when you see something isn't right step in change it um give people hope is the biggest thing because I, I know a lot of people have so much insecurities and I just wish they would believe in themselves a lot more. I, I said, you don't want to be on your deathbed with regrets. Just, just go for it. And everyone's making these excuses and it's really frustrating for the families. I want the families to never give up. I don't want them. I don't want to see them depressed and sad. I want to be by their side and I want to keep pushing the cases until we find missing Christopher Kucher, or Diane Prevost or Char Charles Horvath Allen. They're all, like and Jesse Foster, a human trafficking victim, like so many innocent people just, they disappeared and we don't know where they are. So just miracles happen. Miracles happened with my health. Miracles can happen with the cases. So many miracles. And I wanted to talk about your card, I am resilient. <laughs> so I flipped that card 
and I read it in the morning and I was like, okay, cool. You know, had my coffee and I liked it and I, I felt strong and I went to the gym. 45 minutes I was at the gym and I thought, okay, I'm going to go to Costco. I'm going to get my bulk salmon, get some healthy green stuff. And I looked in my purse. I'm like, oh, I forgot my cards. I have change only on $11. I didn't bring my cards with me. Oh, I'm going to have to go home. So I come home. I walk in the door and I have my two little dogs and I'm like, hi, mommy's home. And the one dog's head is shaking back and forth and she's all excited. A little closer, she's not excited, she's choking. And I came home at the right time because I'm usually gone for two and a half hours. And I'm like, Hendrix, Hendrix. And I did the Heimlich on her. I started crying and, and hyperventilating. I call my boyfriend, he doesn't answer. Call again and I'm like, She's, she's dying. She's choking. I don't know what's wrong. He's like, you have to take her to the vet. I said, I don't have time. I have to keep doing the Heimlich and, and your carb resilient, right? I mean, things that plant seeds in the morning stick with you. And I was shaking. I, I just put her on my lap. She would, her head, she was choking. Her head was going back and forth. She's a six-year-old Chihuahua. I drove to the vet with one hand, had her there parked right in the middle, ran into the vet. I said, grab the door. He opened the door. I ran in to the back and I said, please, she's choking, help me, help me. And they came, five of them, a team of five, they grabbed her, the vet said, she's dying, he put his hands back. I said, no, please, she's gotta live, no, no. And I was crying and they saved her. They, they put the tranquilla down her, they shaved her arm, they put the intravenous and they saved her and she's here today. And, at, and it was amazing because I thought, I'm gonna lose her, you know, because you only have so much time when a dog is yeah. choking. And there was a reason I didn't have enough money on me. I had my cards at home, because if I came home an hour later, she wouldn't be here today. And at the end of the day, we're all like really sad and hugging her and grateful, but still in shock. And I said, Marty, that's my boyfriend who stood by me through everything. I go, my card, I'm resilient. That's the oh, card wow. today. And I said, look, it, it happened to all of us. We're all resilient. So wow. it's amazing. Yeah, the story about Hendrix, I'm still get emotional talking about it because you know with pets, like your yep. mojo, they mean so much to us. Yeah, yeah. And like you said, like maybe it was just that thought that planted a seed in you, right? Like maybe yeah. it wouldn't, maybe it wouldn't. I think that lots of times we're like unconsciously competent, you know, like you could have yeah. bought into like, okay, she's not going to make it or, or he's not going to make it with regards to it. And like you said, really, that's really what you're teaching people to, to be resilient with their hope. Right yes. with the resilience in so many ways. Has there been a case that like you like that really keeps you going? I know for me, lots of times, like people say, "Why do you do what you do?" And I like always go back to like one story that I think yeah. about that one person often, and it it keeps me going. Is yeah, there a story um, you have like that? Yeah. My God, there are the two hundred twenty nine. I feel guilty to pick one. They they all have a special place in my heart. Diane Prevost was abducted in 1966, two and a half years old. She was with her family and they're all camping. And the father looked away for a second, he was fishing. And when he looked back, she was gone. And the mom was by the seashore with the other kids and they were all playing. And he started screaming, Diane, Diane. They all searched for an hour. They called the police. The police came down with the hound dogs back then. The helicopters, they couldn't find her and he was afraid because the border's nearby that if someone grabbed her they go through the border he'll never see her again 1966 and it's 53 years later she's still missing so she was abducted with her scent the the, the search dogs her figured out her scent disappeared right in the parking lot so somebody took her in a car and they've never found her today 
So, but they've never given up on hope. The father passed away, never knowing. And I'm close with the sister, Lise, and the family. And they're all like that. They all have a special place in my heart at night. I'll like, you know, I pray for them. And, oh, and another thing, when I did have the cancer, I, I was 30. When I found out, I was like, I don't smoke, drink, do drugs. And what's going on? I'm trying always to be healthy. And he said, well, you have a good kind. You'll be okay. But I was still scared. And I remember praying that night and I said, God, help me get through this. And I promise I'll help so many people. And it's 229 cases. So wow. I think when we get those extra chances in life, miracles or whatever you want to call them, you want to do the best you can. And, um, and I believe it's helping people just like what you do. You constantly, like you're, you're strong, you're powerful, you're beautiful, and you're constantly helping people. And I admire you for that. I, I love people who have a good heart. I don't like selfish people, but like people <laughs> have a good heart. You're the same, right? We see in each other, we see each other's hearts. Truly, that's yeah. what we're seeing is seeing each other's hearts. So 229 cases, talk about that a little bit. Like, so the, yeah. the police come to you, like what, what, oh, what wow. happens? Yeah, it could be, it's either the police, it's either families around the world. It, it could be. I mean, you're media. one of the best in the world from what I understand. Well, yeah, no, I, you know what? I don't know. I don't know about that. Just, I, it means a lot to me. It means a lot to me. And I just, people come to me and I can't, I actually, I have quite a bit coming to me and I can't do all of them. So I'll meditate a lot before I pick one, just so I know I, I give it my all because I can feel what the family's going through. There's just so many cases. I, I don't even know where to begin. So when you work on a case, you yes. start with a com the composite of the person. Is that okay. what? So for, in for Angie Huseman, she was nine years old and she was murdered. A poor girl. PJ got a hold of me. And I ended up doing that age progression. And they were giving it as a gift to Angie's biological father. So there's different reasons I will do it. She was murdered, so he would never know what she would look like, but they gave it as a gift to him. And his sister told me on Facebook, she messaged me privately and she said, he has it on, he has your drawing on her phone, which really touched my heart. So it's anything to help them go on. Jesse Foster, human trafficking victim. And I keep on doing her age progression. Her mom's Glendine Grant. She's amazing. And they're all searching nonstop. It's just... The most important thing is get the case current and just keep on putting it out there. Someone knows something and they're usually afraid to come forward. But I think the most important thing is how would you feel if that was someone you loved and do the right thing. And we have crime stoppers. You don't have to say who you are, just anonymously, just say like the person's here, the body's here, just help the families because, you know, we have one life and we want to make it the best we can. And we got to help each other. And it's just, it's frustrating because I know people know stuff. They're just not talking. Right. You know, um, there is somebody that actually who will be on, my friend Jason will be on. And Jason went undercover to help with human trafficking issues that happen, especially during the Super Bowl. I guess he said that he's been on over 40 different rescues with regards to um, getting, you know, finding children specifically with human trafficking. And, and I know that there's a lot of people that we know now that that's really become their mission, right? Yeah. And just how it's, it's insane, right? It is. A lot of people don't, don't know how dark it really is and what really happens out there. And a lot of people, they don't want to hear it. It's too negative for them. They don't want to hear it. But in reality, it happens. And 
and these families feel really alone. So instead of people backing away from them because it's all negative, we need to come together and help them. Yeah. yeah. And so and so cases come to you from all over the world, you said? Yeah, yeah. They come to yeah. you and yes. Yeah. And you basically, like you said, like you have so many, but you meditate and find out which is the one that you're how long does it take you to work on a composite for of someone or well, photo it, or, or yeah it depends what it is i did the lost franklin expedition i did five skulls and that's from 165 years ago so whole bunch 130 crew members passed away and they're finding skulls now and um dr douglas stenton and and kinesi the anthropologist so I worked on their facial reconstructions and that would take a long time. So it took maybe, it was like months because I have the skull and you got to put tissue dip markers on and then you got to build the face and put prosthetic eyes in and you just, you don't rush it. You just slowly do it. So that's a three dimensional facial reconstruction. And then I would draw would be a two dimensional facial reconstruction, which is a photograph of the skull with tissue dip markers. And then I put an overlay paper on top and then draw. And then a composite, if someone was to get raped or if there was a bank robbery, they would explain to me. And then I have like the FBI catalogs and we go through it together and whatever's in their head, I'll get out on paper. So that's the composite. And then age progressions, someone's missing. That's my specialty. I do tons of age progressions. Wow. There's so, and postmortem drawings, like there's quite a bit. But like you said that, you know, like that you said about the, the one man, at least he had something to just see what she could possibly look like in the future, yeah. right? Yeah, he was happy, which, yeah. which really touched my heart. And then Christopher Kuchar's missing, um, a 25-year-old good-looking boy went missing, and it's over a year, and his mom, Eva, I'm, I'm helping her. We became really good friends through this sad journey, and we don't know where he is. He could be on the mountain, or he could be trafficked. Like, we don't know. So the police the say he's on the mountain, and now it's a cold case, but to the family until we find him, we're not giving up. And again, I pray for a miracle. I hope for a miracle. It'd be great if he was alive. So we just don't know. So you've experienced a lot. You've talked to a lot of FBI people, police in this. What would you say for people just to keep themselves safe, um, to keep their families yeah. safe? Maybe like you just said, like the one thing about being at the border, like the, the camping site was near the border. I mean, yeah. that's a, that's a very interesting, you know, you would never think about that, you know, as a, as a parent, like the, that you're getting there, that you're so close to it, that that could be a challenge. What would yeah. you say to people just to, for their safety and advice? Yeah. With Diane Prevost, the little two and a half year old that was taken, we're all thinking maybe someone couldn't have a baby. And so they had an opportunity They see a cute little girl, red jacket, brown curly hair, and they grabbed her when no one looked. She probably wandered off and they grabbed her. It doesn't take long. The most important thing that I could say is listen to your gut, listen to your inner voice. If something doesn't feel right, it's not right. Don't talk yourself into it. I think with teenagers these days, they think it'll never happen to them. The, the way they put themselves maybe in certain pictures on social media. I don't know. It's like, listen to your gut. Be careful who you hang out with. And we got to be careful like with the cell phones. The biggest thing is listen to the inner voice to keep you safe, I think. And what inspires you? What keeps you going? I swim. I swim every day to stay healthy. I meditate. I, you know, I listen to your stuff. I have your journal, your cards to Tony Robbins. You know, I, I know if I start to feel like I'm getting down, my dad passed away, you know, 
two years ago, it'll be in another few weeks. It was very heavy, very dark. So it's hard and you don't think it'll, and he died in my arms. And that's one thing I said, I never ever want to see a parent die. And I never could handle if they don't know who I am. And my dad had Alzheimer's and he died in my arms. The two things I never wanted to witness. And I was there for him, but I think what helped me is just, I, I don't talk to as many people as I used to. I used to have millions of friends. They're still friends. It's just make sure whoever you're with, they're positive, that they really love you, care about you, and make a difference, contribute. Because every time I help someone, I feel better. I'm helping myself. You know, and just know when you are starting to feel a bit down, what can you do? I'd be like, oh, let me see what Lauren's talking about. Tony <laughs> Robbins is talking about, like, you're going to, I noticed you're going to do uh, the badass and beautiful thing. And I was like, ooh, right. I get first. So can I pull that one off? Like, it's something to look forward to. If I can do that one, I will. And it's something to look forward to. And I know everybody there, they want to do better. That's why they're going to attend. So just keep on working on yourself, right? Yeah, absolutely. Nobody's there. Nobody's there. So we just keep on making a better version of us. But it's really interesting that you say that because you have to deal with so many things from the past with your work. You know, you have to keep like going there. And so for you to, you know, it's a choice that you have not to go there in your own life. Do you know what I mean? So that's a beautiful thing. You're like, okay, I got to keep moving forward. I got to keep moving forward. I got to keep moving forward for myself to keep my sanity, right? I got to move forward, you know, to keep for hope for these people. And I think that that's a really beautiful message for people as well. I just wanted to share you with the world. I think you're an amazing woman. I've always, I cherish our time together. I do hope you can come down and, and be with us. And yeah, it's just an honor. Is there anything else you want to share with everybody? It's an honor to, to be on your podcast. And thank you for doing what you're doing because you just keep going. And, and I love it. I love your energy. So thank you. you. You help more people than you know. And like I said, the resilient card, I read it at the end when we were all like still crying and she was alive. Thank God. And I said, look at what the card was today. Lauren's card. Yeah, so, and my daughter read one of your cards the other day. <laughs> so. Yay! Well, thank you for being so real about a topic that's very hard. But yeah. I'm so grateful that there are people like you out there who decide to make this, you know, their passion um, and to leave a legacy and to give, you know, people wh- whatever that it is, whether it's hope, closure, um, whatever that, that that might be for them. So thank I'm you. so honored, and I can't wait for to share this podcast with the world. Okay, thank you so much. You've been listening to the Get Real and Stay True podcast with Lauren Lahab. Head over to laurenlahab.com. That's L-O-R-E-N-L-A-H-A-V.com. And as her way of saying thank you for being a listener and subscriber to this podcast, grab a free copy of Paving Your Path with Positivity, Affirmations to Create the Change You Desire. And be sure to subscribe to this podcast. And Lauren will talk to you on the next episode.